major challenge for us is right now and very short term is the independent access to space. This is what we have to tackle. In the midterm is the setup of how we do space in Europe. Space Watchers, I'm Emma, the editor-in-chief of Spacewatch Global, and this is a new episode of Space Cafe Radio, your radio channel dedicated to emerging trends and live conferences in the space sector. This episode comes straight from the hectic show floor of the Space Symposium in Colorado Springs, so I apologize immediately if you're going to hear some strange background voices at some point during the episode. Unfortunately, it was impossible to avoid them. The Space Symposium is considered one, if not the most important conference for the space commercial sector and the military domain, and this event every year gathers thousands of visitors from all over the world. And we had the chance and the privilege to spend some time with the DLR and the German Space Agency, and to interview the Director General of the German Space Agency, Dr. Walter Pelzer. Together, we discuss about the vision and ambitions of Germany's space industry, and Dr. Pelzer shared with me also his view about how Europe should calculate very carefully its next steps in terms of both independence and collaboration, which are two forces that should be carefully calibrated. It was a very interesting conversation, and of course, I cannot recommend it enough. So as usual, enjoy and listen up. Good morning, Space Watchers. Welcome back to another episode of Space Cafe Radio. And we are in Colorado Springs for the second day of uh, the Space Symposium. The atmosphere is buzzing. And we have the honor to have here with us Dr. Walter Pelzer, the Director General of the German Space Agency and member of the Executive Board at DLR. Walter, thank you for being here with us. How are you doing? Thank you very much for the invitation. Thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be over here. Always a pleasure to talk to you, of course. Colorado Springs is, from my point of view, the best place to see that the space sector is moving like Formula One race car in the direction of commercialization. Um, so from this point of view, it's always a pleasure to be over here to learn the progress uh, industry is making over here. And let's say take over the low Earth orbit and that the governments are going actually the next step direction, moon direction, Mars. It's definitely the place to be. And obviously, the U.S. market is uh, an important market for anyone involved in the space sector. So what are the goals of the DLR from this symposium? What do you wish to bring back? Actually, there are two, two things we want to do. We want to present our skills, our capabilities of the European space sector, not only DLR. DLR is Europe's biggest um, R&D facility when it comes to space with tremendous uh, skills and capabilities. And uh, this is what we want to present. We have excellent cooperation with our partners in the US, but also all over the world. For example, JAXA, but uh, also the Canadian, Australian, New Zealand, uh, France. Uh, so there are a lot of partners over here. And um, what we want to showcase is actually our capabilities to actually come up even with more cooperation. The second topic is, that we try to gain the sense of next step in commercialization of space, to gain and to see what is going on in, in the biggest market of space, to be prepared for our next steps, to make sure that in the future we get our, let's say, fair share with our capabilities in this 
growing market, which will become more open when it grows and becomes uh, adult. Definitely. Let's step back from the carnival that the Space Symposium represents. Let's step back to last week. There's been the launch of JUICE. It's an extremely important mission. It's been a success for ESA, for Europe. What is the role of the DLR and the German Space Agency in JUICE? Yeah, JUICE was, was a huge success and it's actually the biggest planetary mission of ESA ever so far. Actually approaching the biggest planet in our solar system. So from this point of view, we are really, really happy that the launch was successful. Now it's on an eight-year travel to, to Jupiter, to its icy moons, and uh, we expect tremendous signs from over there. And uh, of course, it's a European mission, but we do it together with our partners. We do it together with NASA, we do it together with, with JAXA. And we do it together with, with Israel, for example. So uh, a lot of international partners are involved, this time in a lead under the lead of a European space agency. The German footprint is pretty strong in this science. There are 10 instruments as a payload. And out of these 10, seven are with the German footprint and two are led by German primary investigators. So we have a pretty strong footprint in our, from our institutes in Berlin, actually being the PI for the GALA instrument, Ganymede laser altimeters, coming up with important issues to figure out whether there's an ocean under the eyes, whether there are the possibilities for life. Uh, so this is one of the important topics where our colleagues from DLR Berlin are involved. We have a second one where Max Planck Institute from Göttingen is PI, very important um, as well. And we have also involved our partners from Japan and NASA. Money-wise, Germany is a big contributor based on three pillars, contributing more than 350 million euros to this instrument and to this mission. This 1.6 billion um, actually are set up by 1 billion of ESA. And these 1 billion are covered by 21% of Germany. So 210 million coming from the ESA contribution. But we spent more than 100 million euros out of the German national budget for the instruments. And in addition to these 100 million, these institutes, Max Planck, DLR, University of Cologne, Munich, Stuttgart, Dresden, and I'm sorry that I missed a lot. So sorry about that. But all of them actually put their own money and funds into it so that it boiled down to 350 million, a very strong scientific footprint of Germany in this wonderful mission, uh, Juice. Thank you very much. Let's also remember that Juice is a really complex mission. It's going to take eight years only to arrive. And yes, the scientific results, if they're coming, it will be fantastic. If we can explore the ocean under Europa or Ganymede, we're already excited for that. Let's step back from the science project and let's move a bit on the policy matter. I'm picking up on something that you said also this afternoon during the agency meeting. We discuss uh, often in Europe about the need of sovereignty and independence, but also the need of international collaboration, because we know that space is done not in vacuum, costs too much, it has to be done with international collaboration. 
But maybe it's the time now that we start to define a bit better what do we mean for independence and what do we mean for collaboration? In your opinion, which are the sectors where Europe needs sovereignty and independence and which are the sectors when we instead we need to collaborate? Well, out of question from our point of view is the independent access to space, for example. So this is something we have to have and um, we have to join forces to reiterate and to reinstall actually the independent access to space for the whole European space society. Another topic which is maybe not as visible is our navigation system. And Galileo is an excellent system. We have to maintain it. It's paramount importance and we have to maintain it. Same with Earth observation. And within Earth observation, there are some topics we have to have within our core competence and within our let's say, role as being in the driver's seat. So these three topics I would main, and we can go now a little bit more into detail with, with technologies we have to have and we have to foster. But actually, these three big domains, let's say domains, are from my point of view, very important when it comes to autonomy and independence, where we have to cooperate and partner with our international partners and our international cooperation to be more resilient when it comes to science is, of course, everything which has to do with big science mission, exploration. It would be a big disaster if we wouldn't do it, from my point of view, where we have to work with our proven international partners. So on more or less on the same topic, in your opinion, which are the major challenges for Europe in the forthcoming future. We all live in a very delicate, complex historical period. We're seeing a lot of new challenges. What do you think, uh, in terms of space, uh, the major challenges of Europe are in the future? The major challenge for us is right now, and very short term, is independent access to space. This is what we have to tackle. In the midterm is the setup of how we do space in Europe. We are in a special situation. We have a very capable European Space Agency with ESA. And of course, we have EUSPA taking care of customer needs, meaning taking care of taxpayer, not only money, but taxpayer needs on behalf of the European Union. But we have to develop a new setup, a new system how we do actually space in Europe because we are way too based on governmental and agency guidelines. Let's say it this way. We should and we need to free up the innovative power of industry to make sure that we are competitive on a global scale. Let's speak about space strategy, a long-term tactical strategy that allows the space sector to grow and integrate and support other already existing industries. China has it, Japan has it, the U.S. obviously has it, but European states are still a bit lagging behind. I know that Germany is working on it under your uh, guidance, but can you tell us a bit more about the state of this space strategy? Where are you at? And obviously, when... Uh, could we finally have it? So. The German government, and especially the Ministry of Economy, 
jointly with the other ministries having stakes in space are in charge of the space strategy, of course. And we are happy as a German space agency to uh, supply support. So we are not in charge, of course, but we are happy to support the process. The process is taken um, by the government is uh, very inclusive. So there are a lot of stakeholder consultants workshops going on to collect the information. And uh, what uh, the government wants to put in place and wants to strengthen are the main and pillars of the policy. One of them is, of course, sustainability, green space for a green future, actually supporting us and fostering as an instrument to tackle the grand challenges like climate change, migration on these topics. The second topic is fostering private engagement. Just two, three weeks ago, it was proven that we have enough markets that private investors invest quite a bunch of money into companies to make sure that they get to the maiden flight. Startup gained in the second round more than 300 million euros and with investors from automotive industry, from different industry, to make sure that they get to their maiden flight. So they proved everybody wrong who said that there's not enough space, not enough market in Europe to uh, put it into place. This is the second topic. The third topic is, of course, that we see that security becomes a new topic. There's no question about that. And startups, we will foster and pave the way for startups for private investment, as I said, and they will be, then we have to come up with new setups. There is a constant debate in Europe about funding. We know that we cannot invest like the US does, but considering our budget, our capabilities, where do you think we should invest and prioritize in Europe and in DLR? From my point of view, we need to make sure that we invest in two areas. First of all, the strategic important topics where we have to be independent, like I mentioned, independent access to space, navigation, Earth observation. There we should invest. And the second topic is something we need to find special areas of technology, special areas of technology where we are going to invest to become excellent in, and world-class. So that we make sure that we bring to the table skills and knowledge, which is value-add for international partners all over the place. We have to avoid that we try to do everything and that we end up being mediocre. This is what Europe is absolutely, that would be a disaster. So we have to invest in topics where we are excellent. For example, laser communication, quantum technologies, robotic, artificial intelligence. These are Excellent topics. Earth observation, our Copernicus system is cutting edge. So it would be a disaster if we would uh, reduce our commitment to these topics. When it comes to atomic clocks or optical clocks, actually, the move that we move from optical, atomic to optical clocks, these are areas where we should invest to offer to our international partners science and knowledge and technology, which they hardly can get anywhere on the globe, on the level we can provide from Europe. 
Of course, it's very important that we always question ourselves and we make sure that we bring something to the table. We bring our added value. Otherwise, as you said, we fall behind. Absolutely. Walter, thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. Excuse us for a bit of noise because the party's starting here. So obviously there is a bit of background noise, but thank you very much. It was fantastic to have your insights. And of course, I wish you a very productive and enjoyable space symposium. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. If you want to keep the pulse of the space industry, please visit our website at www.spacewatch.global. Subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, don't forget to become a space watcher. I'm Emma Gatti, Editor-in-Chief of Space Watch Global, your independent perspective on space. See you next time. Ciao.